Thank you for tuning in to Aggie Catholic Talks. This talk is a recording from Magnify on June 2nd, 2021. Our guest speaker, Marcella Jeanne, talked about the kindness of God. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with other talks, including future talks from Magnify. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em. Good Samaritan today. 
a lawyer. This guy is a religious leader. He is a religious lawyer. So the scribes were the ones who knew every dot and tittle of the law, okay? That is every little part of a letter of the Hebrew language. They knew everything. And so he comes up thinking he has a place to try to test Jesus. And Jesus, of course, being God, knows that this guy is coming to test him, right? So this scribe comes up and says, he's going to test Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Let me ask y'all a question. Is that a bad question? Anybody in here think, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Does anybody think that's a bad question? I hope not. This is one of the most important questions we could ever have. How do you get to heaven? And, and I want to tell you this right now, this is a little bit of a cycle. Most Catholics don't know the answer. Most Catholics don't know the answer. We'll get into that in just a little bit too. This is a good question. This religious lawyer who's even trying to track Jesus is asking a good question. But as normally happens with Jesus, the Q&A session is about to turn into a Q&Q session. Okay? Jesus is Jesus, Jesus, like, I'm the of the universe. I made you. You think I have to answer your question? No. How about this? I ask you a question. So he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? In fact, it's not only a Q&Q, &Q, it's a Q&Q. He asks the two questions. Okay? Here's Jesus turning it back on Well, what's in the law? And the lawyer, and I'm paraphrasing here, says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's basically what he says. And he's summing up the Old Testament scriptures from Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And he's taking two different parts of it. He's putting it together into the golden rule, which we've already agreed upon and everybody wants to be treated well. Right? This is a good thing. So he's answering a pretty good way, right? A universal, like everybody believes this. We're supposed to treat others well. And Jesus says, you can answer correctly. Do this, and you will live. Do this, and you will live. Do this, and you will live. This is beautiful in the response. But here, the Lord doesn't just stop there. The scribe doesn't stop there. He says, to justify himself, the scripture says, he asks another question. Now, herein lies the error that a lot of Catholics have. We cannot justify ourselves. To be just means to be like God. To be made like God. You and I and nobody who's ever walked this earth who is a human being and not God can save themselves. There's no good works we could pile up in this life that can save us. It is only by a divine act of grace that we have the opportunity to go to heaven. Yet this lawyer is saying, hey, I want to look good in front of all these people. Hey, I want to have all the answers. Hey, I'm going to try to get him. I'm going to try to track him. He says, so who's my neighbor? Now stop right there. Why is he asking this question? He's asking this question because as a Jewish religious leader, they had changed the definition of a neighbor. The Jewish religion had changed the definition of neighbor. You see, if you were in any of the other near Middle Eastern tribes, 
or peoples or nations. You would have thought only the people of my family are really my neighbor. And the people I like, maybe, I let them be my neighbor too. The Jewish people said everybody that's a Jew is my neighbor. So here we get bigger, don't we? So he's trying to say, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus, being asked a question, and if Jesus doesn't answer it like you want, he doesn't just give a clear answer, he tells a story. And this is where the parable of the Good Samaritan comes in. And you all know this story, don't you? So here we go. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man fell victim to robbers as he was down from Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped him and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. Okay, stop right there. From Jerusalem to Jericho, this means most of, the, most of it is going down. This is a road that's twisting and turning in the mountains. You drop elevation over several miles. That is very bad. It's, it's got steep canyons. And it was known that robbers used to hang out. It was a place where people got jumped all the time. It would be like find the worst neighborhood in a large city in the United States, go down there at 3 a.m. And, you know, with really nice clothes on and start singing some stupid song very loudly. Hey, I'd like to get robbed. That's basically what this guy's doing, okay? And he got robbed. And here comes two other people. The first, Jesus says, is a priest. A priest comes by. He sees the man and he keeps on walking. He sees the man and he keeps on walking. Now, this is the avoidance person. They're avoiding the problem. Avoiding the problem. And I, first of all, there are three participants who are going to pass by. There's the priest, the Levite, and the Good Samaritan. Okay? You and I don't jump to the conclusion and think, I'm the Good Samaritan. We can be all three in one day, folks. Sometimes we pass by and we're like, man, that's a tough situation. Too bad for them. You think you don't. You ever pass by a wreck on a highway and it just happened? You see the car, you know, boom, smoke's coming up, drive by, slow down. Oh, that's terrible. Alright. Two minutes later, you don't even remember. See the person who drops something in front of you, but you're in a hurry to get to the next class? You walk right by them while they're picking their stuff up. That could be you, that could be me. It's happened before, I'm sure, in your life. It's happened to me. The second is the Levi. And the scriptures, in the connotation here, it really says he sees him, goes to look at him, and then moves away. Okay, so the first guy, the priest, just sees him while he's passing by. The second, the Levi, actually takes time to go over to where he is lying in the ditch on the other side of the road to check him out and to leave him. Lying in a ditch, half dead, it says. This is apathy. I don't want to get involved. I don't really care. I don't really care. And I think this happens to you and to me all the time. And I, and I want to put this in context. If you are a Christian, and I'm talking to only those people who have said to Jesus Christ, I want to follow you and put you at the center of my life, and you are a disciple of Jesus Christ right now. Those are the only people I'm talking to in this room right now. If you aren't at that place yet, I am not talking to you. But if you are that person, and you know somebody's on the road to hell right now, and you don't do anything about it, 
you are the one who goes overlooks at them, sees that there is a problem, and continues to walk away. You're apathetic to their need. And there is no greater need than that person who is dead, lying in the ditch. Spiritually. I hope that's a wake-up call to somebody here. Because we don't know that we're the only, we might be the only ones that have an opportunity to speak truth into that person's life. And yet they're lying in the ditch dead. And what are we doing? We see it. Eh, I really care. We walk away. I want you to also notice something. A religious leader comes to Jesus to ask a question and describe. And then the first two people who pass by are what? Religious leaders. A priest and a leader. Now, biblical commentary generally says, well, the reason why they pass by is because they didn't want to be ritually unclean because Jews hated Samaritans to the point that if they had contact with the Samaritan, they were made ritually unclean. Meaning they could not participate in the religious ceremonies that these men led. They couldn't be part of it. But here's the kicker. Go back to the beginning. Where are they going? From Jerusalem to Jericho. They were probably on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and were done with all of that stuff. It would be like leaving Mass after Easter Mass, walking out of here, seeing somebody lying in the ditch outside of church and thinking, man, I don't want to mess up Easter lunch. Forget that person. That's basically what happened. And Jesus is saying, look, here comes, a, here comes somebody right now who's a Samaritan. A Samaritan. Somebody who was hated. And when, when I say hated, I want you to think this. It would be like a black man going into a community where all, every single white person there was in the KKK. Finding somebody who was lying in the ditch, knowing they're part of the KKK, knowing that if they wake up, they're going to yell and scream and say, don't touch me. That's what's going on right now. The Good Samaritan picking this man up. Why did Jesus make such a juxtaposition to this? To show that our religious behavior does not save us. And that kindness matters. The kindness of God and the kindness that we as Christians give to others. So let's define kindness for a second. Kindness is love in action. Love that acts. It does. You see, feeling good about somebody else can be compassion. It can be empathy. It can be, a, it can be nice thoughts. But doing something for somebody because they stand in need and helping them with their need is kindness. That's what kindness is. Kindness sees the needs, has a movement in the heart of compassion, it acts without delay, and it pays the price. And that's what the Samaritan does. Notice what the Samaritan does. The reaction of the Samaritan is first sees the need, stops, sees he's half dead, picks him up, and pours salad dressing over his wounds. Okay? I just want, just want to point this out. It says he pours wine and oil over his wounds. First of all, that's what he had, okay? The wine is a disinfectant, the oil is a ball, but it's really a salad, okay? So he sees the need, and there's a movement in his heart, and I want to, I want to read this to you right here, okay? It says, he, he came upon him and was moved 
it's saying he approached the victim, that means he closed the distance, poured oil and wine over his wounds and bandaged them, lifted him up on his own animal while he walked, took him to an inn and cared for him himself. The next day gave two silver coins to the innkeeper and said, on the way back, if there's any other expenses I can pay you. This is a man who was hated by the man he was helping. But what did he do? He saw the need, he was compassionate, he acted, and he paid the price that he took. Kindness takes energy, money, time. Kindness might even take suffering, derision, your reputation. And I gotta tell you, kindness matters. Have you ever met a kind person that you really disliked? You might envy them, but you probably didn't dislike their kindness, did you? No. So go back to that person at the beginning that I was asking you to think of that you struggled to love. You were calling them out? That person is your person lying in the ditch. You, semi or all the way religious person who showed up at St. Mary's tonight, you have an opportunity to be a priest, to be a leader, or to be the Good Samaritan. Now, again, I want to be careful here. This is not just we do this because, oh, I feel guilty, or oh, because the old man said so, or oh, because, you know what, I have some kind of, I'm going to work my way to heaven. No. Here's the plot twist. You ready for the plot twist? Jesus is the Good Samaritan. In your life and in our world. The church fathers have taught this thousands of years ago. And they taught this story is really a story of salvation. Where humanity, Judaism, all of the people before Jesus came on the earth are lying in a ditch half dead, beaten up by sin and death and the devil. They have no way to help themselves. They are stuck in their situation. They cannot help themselves. They cannot save themselves. They cannot heal themselves. They cannot forgive themselves. They're lying in a ditch half dead. And here comes all the right religions in the world. That's sorry, I feel for you. Maybe you can meditate upon that. Hey, you know what? Nirvana, it could await you on the other end. There is no other religion that says we have a God who stoops so low. Has to pick us up. First of all, to lower himself, to become one of us, even though we hate him. And by the way, the scriptures say that the greatness of the gospel is this that Jesus Christ came to save us, even while we were his enemies. That is, that we were sinning and had no way to be saved, and yet he comes to rescue us, that we were his enemies. That's what Paul talks about. And we're lying in a ditch dead as an enemy. Then he comes and picks us up, heals us. He puts us on his very donkey, that is, his cross. He saves us from our death. He binds our wounds in the sacraments. He gives us reconciliation and baptism and the Eucharist to nourish us and to heal us. And then he puts us in the inn, the church, 
where he not only not, he even goes farther, he gives us a family. He makes us part of his covenantal relationship with family, where he becomes our brother. He gives us a father in heaven. He gives us his mother, and all of us who are joined in the church, the Catholic Church, are brothers and sisters united to him. He gives us that. And yes, it's dysfunctional sometimes. Yes, it's dysfunctional sometimes. And I'm going to close with this. Recently, I had an opportunity myself to experience this kindness of God, this love in action. Over the, over the last six weeks, well, actually, it was over four weeks, it's been a couple of weeks now, I had to have three different surgeries. One of them uh, left me in the ICU with internal bleeding so bad that uh, at one point I passed out. They thought I was having a heart attack. Called a code blue. Anybody here know what a code blue is? What's a code blue? Yeah, it's it's the cardiac arrest is basically what they thought it was at that point. They, and they were they were about to resuscitate me, thinking that my heart had stopped and I was having issues there. There were twelve people in the in the, in the hospital room trying to revive me, and they realized it wasn't a heart issue. I just passed out from blood loss. That's how bad it was. Ended up in the ICU, um, and I'm still recovering from all that blood loss, stuff, some weakness and stuff. But when I was lying in the ICU at about 3 a.m., uh, I realized I was, I was in a lot of pain and I was humiliated and just sad and all this kind of washed over me. And I, and I, I cried out to God and I said, God, please make this stop. Please make this stop. And earlier, a friend, and because I worked in ministry so long, I know like almost all priests around, right? A friend who was a priest and he anointed me. And he had asked me, while he was anointing me, to imagine Jesus holding me. And I went back to that image in the middle of the night of Jesus just holding me. And I can imagine the Good Samaritan picking up that Just like I was in that nice mood. Beaten down and battered and hurting, and yet the care and the tenderness and the kindness of God was known in the middle of the night in the ICU of that hospital, all by myself in the dark, bleeding internally, thinking I might die. Because I have a God who cares so much that He already paved the way to heaven. If I would put my faith and my trust in Him, you see, He came down from heaven to rescue you and me. All he asks in response is that we believe and that we start to say yes, to echo what he did for us. So let's pray. In the Father, the Son, the Spirit, Jesus, you have sent us your Son to die on the cross. You've given us the Holy Spirit who, who now comforts us. You gave us an example of what it means to be our kindness itself, love in action. Teach us how to live this out with others, even those that are here. But first, Lord, let us remember that you are love. You are kindness. And tonight we get to encounter you in this place, in this time, in this special So as we lower our struggles, our pain, our wounds, and realize that you are with